0: Welcome to the Impact Columbus Podcast. This season, we are focusing on stories, mom stories, dad stories, grandparent's stories, all the stories. This story is one about foster care, about the good, the bad, and the ugly, about bringing kiddos home who need a home. I'll let my guest go ahead and introduce herself. We've got Sarah Brody today.
1: Hi, thanks for having me today. I am a licensing coordinator with National Youth Advocate Program, and my office is located in Scottsburg and um, I've been in this position for the past two years.
0: Awesome. So we were, we were talking a little bit before we started just kind of about what the current state of you know foster care is in Indiana, and specifically Southern Indiana. And I was kind of joking that I've never heard that, like, oh, hey, we've got all the foster homes we need. Like, we're good, no thank you. So I don't know if you could kind of speak a little bit to kind of the current need level right now or what you're seeing, especially kind of coming out of the whole COVID situation, and how that's impacted it maybe?
1: We are, In dire need for foster homes, Um, like I said earlier, um, I don't think I'll ever hear anyone say that we don't, we're at capacity for for foster parents. We weekly and daily are getting referrals and and that's, you know, when we get a kid that needs a home, we call that a referral, but we are getting so many of those daily that, you know, we're turning so many kids away because we don't have enough homes. Yeah. Well, it's rough.
0: I think um, a lot of people have a really narrow idea of what like a foster parent or a foster family looks like. And maybe that's, you know, two married parents that already have kids, maybe one parent's not working. And so that's kind of like the ideal situation or maybe the only situation where a foster family could look like. So I I didn't know if you kind of like bust that myth a little bit about, you know, who makes a good foster parent.
1: Sure. So we have... A variety of foster homes. We, um, you definitely don't have to be married. You do not have to meet any certain requirements in, 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 you know how long you've, you've been a parent yourself. You don't even have to be a parent yourself. But we have plenty of single parent homes, whether that be a male or female parent, and they do fantastic with the kids um, that we place with them. But um, a lot of our homes are couples that have been just been together for a long time. Or they are married and um, some have their own kids and some have never had a kid before.
0: Yeah. Are there any minimum requirements for becoming a foster parent? Like you have to be at least this age or whatever?
1: Yeah, definitely. So each state is different. In Indiana, you have to be at least 21 years old. You do have to um, do some background checks. So there um, are three or four background checks that we will run just to make sure that your home is safe And you do have to, of course, have a desire to help kids. That's the biggest requirement. And you have to have uh, it's 50 square feet per child in your home. So say you have um, two of your own kids already. So you have to have 50 square feet for those two children plus a foster kid. So if you're wanting a lot. (laughs) Yeah. If you want two kids in a room, that room needs to be 100 square feet. Okay. Yeah.
0: I'm thinking about my own layout. Like, do I have enough room <laughs> for the kids at my house? What I'm I, like, I'm doing the I math. I'm like, I'm not like, great at that. But yeah. okay. Um, can you kind of talk a little bit about the process to become a foster parent? I think some people might assume that it's really hard to become a foster parent. And rightly so. Like, we want to make sure that the people that you're placing kiddos with are are appropriate. But just kind of walk us through what that process looks like. So say if we today were like, hey, I want to be a foster parent. We contacted you. What would that
1: look like? Yeah. So um, that process is actually really simple. Um, NIAP, is, we are. We want to cater to the families um, mm-hmm. so that we can have more homes for, for our kids that need it. But basically, it consists of 30 training hours. Those are all done online. Wow. Um, so you can do it in your pajamas at home while you eat popcorn if you want to. Yes. Um, typically, the trainings are at night. We do have some that are during the day as well. And we try to cater to your schedule. We know people work. Um, so... 30 training hours, those background checks, usually two to three visits from a licensing coordinator that will come to your home and get to know your family. And we do ask a lot of questions that we get to know you and we write what's called a home study and that is submitted to the state of Indiana. And then once you're approved, we start that process of getting you good matches for kids in your home. Awesome. Sounds pretty simple to me. Yeah. It's really not difficult. And a lot of people um, kind of are reserved about becoming foster home mm-hmm. parents because they think, well, my home is not big enough or I don't make enough money or they think that there are certain things or ways that they have to be and That's just not true.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like it's open to anybody yes. really. Yeah. Yes. I like that. Um, I know... For some families that already have kiddos in their home, I've heard a concern about you know bringing in an additional child or a non-related child and how that might affect their biological children, and I, I'm sure that's a concern you hear a lot from sure. families, but yes. what do you tell families that are kind of concerned about that?
1: I think that's a great concern. Obviously, you want um, to think about your, your own family first or your own household and how that will look for them bringing new kids in, but... If you're having concerns like that, if you're already thinking that you're already on the right track as far as asking the right questions, Mm -hmm. the 30 training hours that we require for a new foster parent, we go over a lot of the questions that individuals will have. And and that's one of them, like, how do we make this work with the family that we already have? But one thing that's always stuck out to me is I have a a foster mom um, currently that I work with her and she's a teacher. And she has a, a little girl in her home and never had any siblings prior to fostering, and they probably had 10 or 15 kids in and out of their home in the last couple of years. But her um one thing that she said to me is she tells her daughter that we will love them as long as we can. And that is just the most beautiful thing. Yeah. And the the really a great way to explain it to kids and even to adults. But she is, of course, you know, she said, My daughter's sad when they leave, but she knows. We're loving them as long as we can. And a lot of times foster parents can still stay in touch with kiddos once they've moved out of their home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That kind of goes into my next question, which you've already kind of answered
0: is, is about that, that separation. I know I hear all the time from people like, oh, I would foster, but I just don't think I can do it because it would just break my heart too much to, to love them and then let them go. And I like that. You just love them as long as you can. Yeah. 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 And kind of with the expectation that it's not forever. Like the goal is for them to get back home with their families. Right. And and I
1: always think of it as if, you know, as a parent, if I was to do something wrong, I would want someone to take care of my child the same way that I would and love them for as long as I need them to until I can do it myself. That's always what's in the best interest of the child.
0: Oh, I love that. just makes me all warm and fuzzy. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that kind of feeds into the next question, too, is that there's this assumption that if you have a foster kid come live with you, they live with you for a long time. So, you know, more than a year or more than 18 months. And I know just, you know, by the nature of my work that that's not necessarily true. But can you kind of speak to how long placements can be or should be or typically are?
1: We work with the Department of Child Services. So, that's, of course, how we know a child has been removed from their home and how we get a referral. And you're right. We don't always know. I really try not to give an answer to that question, but Mm -hmm. we do have an idea of how many times a kid has been removed from, um, their parents care. We often will know if it's a short-term placement, you know, it might, we might say we need a home for this kid for two weeks until grandma can get a bedroom ready or, um, until they are going to go somewhere else. So those are our short-term placements, but some placements do last a year or more, but there are court hearings during that time and foster parents are always updated and and made aware of what's going on with the situation.
0: Yeah. And another element that has always appealed to me is kind of the idea of respite care. So you don't have to be a full-time foster parent necessarily. You can offer respite to other foster parents. I don't know if you can kind of speak about what that is and how that
1: works. Sure. So that is when, like you said, you are not a full-time, you don't have a child in your home all of the time, but kind of think of it as giving a friend a break over the weekend. Maybe, maybe you'll watch the teenager that they have for two or three nights so they can go out of town for something, for a vacation or um, a retreat or something. But yeah, respite is definitely something we're always in need of as well. And that child is not a permanent, person in your home, but you can form a relationship with them and, and help them out and help out, help, help out the the home that they're already in. Excellent. Love that. Um,
0: this is one that I've heard from both sides. So the issue of finances and foster care. So I've heard, you know, in my time in, in social services that uh, people get into it just for the money, right? Like they're just going to get this great diem and they're just doing it for the money. And then the opposite is, well, I can't afford to take on another child. So just to kind of, what's the reality of the financial situation with bringing a foster kiddo into your home?
1: I've definitely heard both of those sides before. Um, and before I came into um, working with with foster homes myself, I didn't really know a lot about how that worked either. We do require that you are able to show that, you know, you pay your own your own bills. There is no certain amount of money that you have to have left over a month in your household to be able to care for children. We do um, give a monthly compensation. So a foster parent would get two direct deposits a month, and that money is to help with their, their basic needs. Yeah. So that, that's a, a big help, and that comes um, with each child that's placed in a home.
0: And I didn't ask you this ahead of time, so I hate to spring this on you, but it's in that same thought. I think for a lot of like working parents that would be really interested in being foster parents, it's hard, you know, and if you've got little kids already in there in daycare, like how does the daycare piece work for foster kiddos that might be in your home for a couple months or, or longer?
1: Most of our foster homes do have two working parents currently that we have. And, um, A lot of our foster homes use daycares. We have something through the state of Indiana called vouchers that can sometimes help offset that cost. It depends on the daycare that's chosen and things like that. Okay.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's one thing that people are always like, oh, I don't like, I can't even figure out daycare for my own kids. How would I figure out like short term right. emergency placement? So, just knowing there's a system in place for that, I think yeah. it would be really helpful for people.
1: And we have something called a treatment coordinator at our office that's assigned to each child so that individual can help find mm-hmm. um, some daycare centers that are open. We always encourage families, like, once, if they're getting licensed, once they're close to the end of the process, hey, go ahead and start calling some daycare centers around your area and see what they have open. The more communication you have with what's available in your area, the the more likely you are to to have something open when, when you, when need, you it. need it.
0: Yeah. yeah. How long do people usually, or I don't even know if there is a usual for this, but from, you know, okay, I've got all my stuff done, like, um, you know, all my T's crossed and I's dotted to, like, getting a call, like, hey, we've got to get a kid that will fit your, is that, sometimes like the next day or is it usually more like weeks months
1: it's typically pretty soon we try to license homes in um, 60 to 90 days at niap so it can be a fairly quick process and it's whatever the parent wants you know if you're going to get licensed in may but you can't take a placement until july we work with you on that but typically, I've already got a kid in mind before that process is done. Right. That I'm like, hey, uh, let me tell you about this child, or as soon as they're licensed, we start having those conversations. But it's it's usually really quick. Yeah. Well, and the need is great. Yeah. So it's, it's like there's always a list. Yeah, we don't have enough homes. So as soon as we get a home that will take a child, we're definitely going to try to get a good fit and get a kid in there. That's
0: awesome. Um, I feel like that's most of the like common myths that I I could think of. Are there any that you've heard from other families or just people in the community that you want to speak to?
1: Um, I would really just like to point out that kids in foster care aren't scary and they're just like the kids in your home or my home. They just need a little extra stability and support because Mm -hmm. they're not getting it where they're currently at. And a lot of People, um, you know, they, they come into fostering and they're always thinking that they want little kids like zero to five or zero to six. And a couple months into it, they're willing to take a teenager and they do, and they, they fall in love with that age. So Mm -hmm. I would just, um, you know, say be open during this process. Don't always feel like, um, what you have in mind for your family is what it's going to look like in the end.
0: Yeah. It's a really good point. I think there's definitely like, okay, well, we would do X, Y, Z and that's yeah. like all we could do. I can't even imagine, like, I don't, I don't have teenagers, so how could I foster a teenager? Right. You Not know, that kind of thought, but I'm sure it happens all the time and it works out well. So yeah. that's I awesome. I mean, at
1: home, I've, I've got a nephew who's a teenager and then a five-year-old, so I'm always like, man, anytime he'll come over and hang out with her. She does so well with him, yeah. and I'm always thinking, I wish we had a teenager that lived here all of the time. Right?
0: Yeah. could be really helpful. I don't know. I'm yeah. kind of scared of teenagers.
1: <laughs> they're not scary. But they're probably, wonderful, yes. right? They're just wonderful. They're just they can older children. can have conversations with you, yeah. go to the gym and work out with you if you want them to. You know, yeah. just have some good conversations that the little ones can't have.
0: No. They yeah. probably don't often ask for snacks or they, to turn on Paw Patrol. They just their own. Right? Yeah, they just do their great. own thing, man. Right? Yeah. Ugh, not ready for that either. But, um, so in, if somebody's watching this that's considering becoming a foster parent, what's the one thing that you want them to know about foster care?
1: Um, I just want them to know that if you've ever thought about it or you have questions, it, give us a call, talk to somebody that currently fosters, but the more questions you ask, the more answers that you're going to get. So just have an open conversation about it, just like you would with anything else that you're curious about. And don't just kind of internally think, well, I can't do this, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not the right fit. Have a conversation with someone who knows how the process works, Mm -hmm. and I guarantee you're going to be really surprised at how much you do qualify to do this. Yeah.
0: For sure. Well, thank you so much for your time. Is there a good way for people to get a hold of you if they have questions?
1: Sure. So if you're interested in becoming a foster parent um, here in Indiana, you can definitely check out our website, which is fostercareindiana.org, or you can get a hold of us at 877-NYAPCAN, and that's N-Y-A-P-C-A-N.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you so much. And we look forward to hopefully getting you guys some excellent foster homes. We hope so.
1: Thanks. Thanks.